good afternoon. It's awesome to see you guys. Um, it's a little later than usual, right? But uh, who thinks the Patriots are going to win? Is anyone? Okay, I think they're going to win, but, you know, I'm not going to make any bets or anything. But I have to say, if you're rooting for the Patriots, it's like rooting for, like, the fat kid on the playground. I mean, it's just saying they're, they're bigger. They're bigger. But, you know, whatever. That's, that's just my opinion. It's like rooting for the Yankees. That's how I feel. It's like the fat rich kid on the playground, of course he's going to win. Bigger, he's got more money. I don't know. I could be wrong again. But, um, unfortunately, I'm a, uh, I'm a Vikings fan. Vikings fans, right there. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, and that's really all there is, really, out there. It's not a lot of Vikings fans, even in Minnesota. A lot of them are Green Bay fans or Bears fans. I don't know why. Green Bay is a really good team, but that's my opinion. Um, you, you know, it's it's always been a weird season for the NFL. Um, this year, at least, there, there's so many scandals. I think this year has been a weird year. Um, a lot of apologies, a lot of people coming forward and saying, you know, oh, I'm sorry about this, or I'm sorry about that. And uh, it was a bummer because even the Vikings couldn't even make it past it. They're already, a, uh, they have a tough season. But then Adrian Peterson even, he, uh, you know, he, he got caught in a scandal. And he, uh, unfortunately, he went high to court, so that didn't work out for him. Um, but, you know, the one that really made me mad was, uh, was Ray Rice. Um, you know, and just seeing that, just talking about the punishment and the video coming out, people being like, we didn't see that video, and all kinds of just weird stuff. And, you know, when they thought, well, I remember that first press conference, and them asking him, you know, how he felt about the punishment, because they, they said at first, uh, you know, oh, you're just going to miss a couple games, and then, you know, that's, that's enough punishment for you. And the press was like, Ray Rice, do you think that that's enough punishment for you? And he just said, you know, the, the real punishment for me is just having to having to wake up knowing that I've done this. What? <laughs> your punishment would have been me in the elevator slamming your head against the wall. That's your punishment. That should be the thing. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, just that press conference, just seeing his face and just these fake words and just these kind of things where it's like, yeah, I guess it was bad, but you know, I'm, I feel really bad about it. That should be my punishment. Isn't that the world's version of repentance today? I mean, man, it's just me. I feel so bad about my sin. Don't challenge me to do more. I already feel bad about myself. You know, today we're going to talk about repentance and punishment. It's going to be a serious sermon. It's not going to be a hunky-dory football sermon. I'm sorry. I tried for the intro to help out, but what are you going to do? And, you know, the thing is there is, is the world is just so fascinated with just feelings. And just, well, I can just kind of feel my way into a relationship with God. Well, if I feel bad enough about my sins, I mean, won't God approve of me? But we're going to look at that. What does that mean to repent? Because we know that, obviously, there are a lot of people here. There's a lot of people out in the world that have no idea how to find God. And they don't know where to turn. And even if they did want to, they just... They don't know what that looks like biblically. So we're going to jump into that today. And it uh, looks like also what it looks like if you don't. If you don't repent, what happens? And so um, we're going to read this text and uh, jump in here. But if you turn over to uh, Luke 12. I think it's up there. Okay. In verse 54. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west... Right away, you say, a storm is coming, and so it does. 
And when the south wind is blowing, you say, it's going to be a scorcher, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why don't you know how to interpret this time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the ruler, make an effort to settle with him on the way. Then he won't drag you before the judge. The judge hand you over to the bailiff and the bailiff throw you into prison. I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last cent. At that time, some people came and reported him, reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And he responded to them, do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Or those 18 that the tower in Siloam fell on and killed. Do you think that they were more sinful than all the people who live in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You can bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you so much for the ability to, to know the gospel, to, to see it, um, to, to, to be able to, to read it with our own eyes. Um, to be in a time where you know, we have Bibles readily available. We're in a church that, that loves to preach the Bible. Um, but God, I, I pray that you're with us today, that you help us understand the, the, uh, the seriousness of repentance. What that is and what, also what it looks like if we don't. What does that mean for us? What does that look like eternally? I, I pray that you help us really dig into the scripture and really see what it has to offer. And I pray that we walk out of here um, understanding that, you know, we do need to repent. We need to see the lost world as it is. And I thank you for being perfect. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen. And uh, just because I realized I forgot, um, I'll just read the, the rest of this here in verse 6. Um, and he told this parable. A man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, listen, for three years, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found it. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, sir, leave it this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. Perhaps it will bear fruit next year. But if not, cut it down. Um, you know, if this text were taking place today, um, you know, it's something that's interesting is, you know, you might come to Jesus and say, you know, hey, hey did you hear about those, those Haitians that, that died in that earthquake? Something like 100,000 of them died, Jesus. You know, and, and Jesus would look at you like no one has ever looked at you before. You know, and he would say, do you think that that happened to those Haitians because they were worse than the other Haitians living in that country? Or those 43 who were killed in that mudslide in Washington this year. Do you think that they were worse sinners than other Americans who live near mudslides every day? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you're going to die just like that. And you can imagine just the, the intensity of Jesus. Digging into your soul through that response. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're wondering about all these other things and you're missing you. You're missing what is going on in you. Have you repented? Do you understand what's going to happen if you don't? You know, Jesus doesn't concern himself with all these past events. He's concerned for your soul. He's saying the most urgent concern right now is your soul and your salvation. You're asking a bunch of other questions that you should not be concerned with right now. You need to be 100% focused on salvation. And that is Jesus' tone. And Jesus gives them two options. But before he does that, he actually kind of dives into the, in verse 54, you can see that 
Um, he basically tells them, you know, they have worldly nous, but no spiritual prudence. Um, you know, nous, I didn't know what that meant either until this, this week, but uh, nous actually means it. It's kind of like a British term. If, if you're really smart or something, they'd be like, oh, you've got a lot of nous. Get a lot of now. So oh, that kid has a lot of now. He's super smart, you know, and things like that. And so he'd be able to figure things out quickly. Um, prudence, on the other hand, and we all know the song, Dear Prudence. But prudence, uh, it means like it, someone who's able to avoid danger. It's that ability to be able to see danger and go, I'm not going that way. I'm going to go another way. Right. That is prudence, being able to avoid danger. Um, and... And these Jews, you know, they knew that a cloud coming from the west would come in from the Mediterranean Sea. That would mean rain. Um, a wind coming from the south would mean hot air coming from the desert. I mean, they knew that stuff. But Jesus was saying that that stuff is, uh, is obvious. But, and I mean, amen. You, you guys got a good head on your shoulders. But there's this bigger thing called salvation. You guys are totally missing it. And what he's saying here is that, guys, my message, of, my message to you guys is more obvious than a cloud in the sky. Yeah. I mean, that would have been offensive today, as, and it would have been offensive back then. These Jews were incredibly meticulous about all the smallest things, but they were missing this huge message from God. He was like, how are you guys not getting this? You guys don't have any prudence. You guys are missing it. You know, if I told you guys there's a huge storm coming to the East Coast... You guys would know pretty quickly how to figure out where it's coming in the East Coast, right? I'm sure you guys saw the, like, the snow coming in New York and you guys were like, Oh no, where is it coming to Virginia, right? Who did that? <laughs> A lot of people, right? I mean, people were trying to figure out, I don't want it to snow, right? Um, and because you're, you're pretty smart, you can figure out how to do that with, with an app. You, know, you're not, you don't have to be a meteorologist to figure that stuff out. Yeah, you don't have to be a priest to figure out God's message for your life. You know, it, you, you know we, we understand so many things, but we can just forget about God. You know, if we come to a, a, a street light, we don't sit there wondering when it turns green what to do. Right. <laughs> right? Sometimes I need my wife to say, it's green. Oh, gotcha, sorry. You know, but um, I don't know if there's any other husbands like that in here. But, you know, <laughs> there you go. It's tough, though, because, you, you know, you come to a stoplight. It, you just know right away. You see green, you go. You see yellow, you slow down. Red, just stop. I mean, it's just these obvious things that we just we don't even think about. But then when it comes to repentance, it's like, mm, let me think about it. Mm, God says go, and you say, oh, I, what does that mean? What is that? I have to dig deeper into that for my life. What is that? When Jesus says, give up everything, people are like, I don't, what does that mean? Oh, gosh. What does that mean in the Greek? It says the same thing. And some people just don't get it. And I've been there. God's constantly sending me messages to repent or, or whatever it is. And sometimes I'm just like, no, I can't believe I didn't get that. You know, but, but sometimes I, we can look for signs from God and we're like, God, just send me a sign. I just, I don't know if I want to be totally in it or I don't know. Maybe I should put it off, wait till this promotion in my job and then I'll be more committed. Or, you know, wait till my kids grow up and then I'll be more committed. Or maybe I'll wait till I have kids and then I'll be committed. You know, it's just everything, just any excuse we can find. And we're like, God, just send me a sign. And Jesus is saying, this is it. My ministry is the sign. That's what you guys are looking for right here. It's like a surprise party. And it's like, I'm already, I've been here for a long time. You know, 
I'm the one surprising you guys. Man. I mean, the Bible is that sign. And, and you know, people are always looking for signs. But how do you know if you have worldly nars, nars, but no spiritual prudence? You know, maybe, you know, you're really amazing at your job. You know, you don't have to be told what to do at your job. I mean, you, you've got it. In fact, your boss has to maybe tell you to slow down. Because, I mean, you just excel at work. I mean, you figure stuff out. If you don't know what to do in some situation, I mean, you figure it out because, oh my goodness, if you lost your job, what kind of disaster would that be? I mean, oh, then you'd be unemployed, and then you'd have to look for a job, and then you might lose money. And then, I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen if you lose your job. So you show up on time. You listen to your boss. You try to figure out how to be the best worker you can be so that you don't lose your job. But then with church, you just come and show up and then someone challenges you. You're like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. Like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm doing enough. (laughs) If you said that to your boss, what would your boss say? If you did that, Dad, you did that at work, that'd be crazy. Bring it. What do you do if you went to a dealership and you're like, I mean, I just, anything. I mean, it's just crazy. That the, the demands that we put on God, but we, we wouldn't dare put that on a person because oh, we don't want that person to be too, you know. We want to make sure that we're accommodating to them. But with God, it's like we just expect grace. We expect, well, God, I mean, of course God's just going to just forgive me of this and forgive me of that and forgive me of this. And before you know it, it's your whole life. Where's repentance in that? I mean, you know, you understand when your parents have hurt you or made decisions that you disagree with and think, well, they're family. You know, you, you, uh, we've all had family members that have hurt us, right? And, and you know, they fix it. And a lot of us stick with our families, right? And we're like, you know what, but they're family. So uh, we're going to be there for them. When it comes to church, somebody hurts you. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm out. I'm finding somewhere else to worship because God is not here. What? That's crazy. That's that's it. That's all it takes for you to leave your spiritual family. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You know, people. I'm finding another church where I won't get hurt. Oh, you can find that anywhere. And it's not a church. And it's not a church. You can find that anywhere. If no one's involved in your life, how in the world would you get hurt? If people are involved in your life, if people are helping you out with your sin, helping you repent, calling you out, you will get hurt. Guarantee it. What did Jesus do when He restored Peter? He hurt him. He hurt his feelings. That's not wrong to do if... If we expect to be corrected in this church, if we expect to really live a spiritual life, you can also expect to be hurt. But that's what it takes to develop spiritual prudence. Am I right? And that is what God is saying. I, I mean, but, but how do we really prepare for that storm? We see a storm coming and, and you feel like, man, I, you know, I need to grow in my prudence. How, how do I do that? How do I really prepare for the storm coming in my life? You know? I think it's simple. I, you know, Jesus jumps to it. He says, settle your accounts. Verse 57. He's like, you guys, of course, if you were in debt, you'd figure out how to settle it. Anyone does that, especially in America. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone who's anyone has got debt, right? It's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs, but it's real some more than others. But here, actually, Jesus refers to an ancient practice of debt imprisonment, actually, in Leviticus. Um, but in debt imprisonment 
one would have to depend on friends to come up with the needed funds, and one would not be, one would not be released until they did so. I don't know about you, but my friends are not rich enough <laughs> to bail me out of my debt. <laughs> and uh, usually, if you do have friends that are that rich, then you're not in debt, right? So that would have been a bummer back then. Right? I mean, to, to be in that much debt to where, I mean, you're about to go to prison. You're about to have to become an indentured servant to someone until you pay off your stuff. And I mean, it, that's, that would be a, a hard deal back then. I mean, you would hear this back then and you'd be like, yeah, of course. I'd, of course I'd settle that debt. I don't want to live that life. But if someone told me that my debt is too much for me to pay and they're about to take me to prison and I just say... Yeah, well, are you going to give me a ride, or <laughs> what's, how am I going to get there? I mean, just the dumbest questions, right? And I definitely wouldn't say, okay, well, can I finish this episode of Everybody Loves Raymond? Because, man, I'm halfway through it. <laughs> wouldn't say, I'm, I'm not done watching Blacklist, i got to finish it. Although that would be tempting, because that is a good show. But... And nobody in here would say, well, that's a bummer. Can I get a ride? I mean, you just, you wouldn't say that stupid stuff, right? Yeah. You know, and when we see unrepentant sin in our life, it's so easy to just say, well, I just, I just need some relaxation time now. It's so easy when we notice that we, we need to be much more committed to God to, to just all of a sudden, well, you know, actually it's my feelings. Actually, I'm just stressed out. So actually what I really need is more me time. That's actually what I need. You're asking for a ride to hell. You are asking for a ride to hell, and it's not going to be good when you get there. Um, and it's, it's a comfortable ride there, but when you get there, it's not going to be a good time. You know, when you assume that you're saved, oh, well, of course I'm saved. God loves me, right? Mm, absolutely God loves you. He doesn't let sin slide. And, the, and, most, and this is the sad thing, is that, is that this would be considered heresy with a lot of people today. What? What? That is not God's grace that I know. Yeah, because you listen to your emotions too much. And not the Bible enough. You know, and, and I know that it's, it's really difficult, especially when you're raised uh, religious or when you're raised in, in, a, in a home where it's just it's nothing about obeying God. And it's a little bit about obeying God, but it's more about just like, well, you don't have to do anything and stuff like that. It's easy to slip into this mindset of like, God doesn't really care what you do at all. Right? You don't need to repent. Because everyone's saved. Just believe that Jesus exists and that's it. But that's a bummer because that's actually not what the Bible says. So, um, you know, and I remember as a campus minister in Minnesota, I had that opportunity to help you know, lots of people become Christians. And it was awesome. Um, and, you know, sometimes people becoming Christians, it's harder than other times. Because, you know, I know what I've realized is that a lot of people think they're following the Bible and they're not at all. Sometimes even, you know, even in our church, it's, it's like, you know, I'm obeying the Bible, but don't you dare challenge me, you know. Don't you challenge me on anything, because if you challenge me, I'm going to get hurt. And then, I mean, that's, that's the worst thing that could happen. So, but I, I realized that, you know, that there was a guy who was coming out, and we were, we were helping him kind of see the Bible, and we showed him what it means to seek God. And he was like, this is amazing. You guys are incredible. You like study the Bible with people one on one. This is amazing. This is going to transform the world. We showed him what it means to be a disciple. What it means to be sold out for God. And he was like, this is incredible. 
This is so mind, uh, life changing. Everything's crazy right now. And, you know, showed him sin. He was like, oh, I'm so sinful. I need to change everything in my life. And then we showed him repentance and salvation. And he was like, mm-mm. <laughs> he said, no way, Jose. Uh-uh. That's wrong. Bro, it's what the Bible says. Mm-mm. That's not what I learned. <laughs> well, then, I, I mean, <laughs> you're wrong. I don't know. You think the Bible is right? Y'all are wrong. That's all I know. <laughs> and, uh, and the brother was awesome. Amen. But he, he, uh, he not at that time. He left and he, he got very critical, very hostile. He didn't like us. Um, and he was just so upset about everything that happened. And, um, and I, I remember just, you know, one month going by and just no, nothing, you, you know. And, and two months going by and giving him a call being like, hey, what's going on, man? You, you think about anything? He's like, yeah, I've thought about it a lot. In fact, I'm an awesome disciple right now, living out my dream life. It's like, okay, all right. A month later, he calls me. He's like, I've never been a Christian before. Can you help me out? You know, and that was just the word convicting his heart and just realizing that, man, I've got it wrong. But that takes humility, which that's a hard commodity to come by. You know, but some of us, you know, when we're humbled out, it's, it's hard to hear that voice of humility inside of our souls because our pride is just strangling it. It's suffocating it into an intense whisper at best. And you can hear this voice inside of you saying, you need to repent. You need to repent. You got it all wrong. But you just listen to that pride and you let it strangle it to death. And your humility is dying. And you think that that's okay. But I know for me, a verse that always impacts me is Proverbs 16.5. You know, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. God is not okay with pride. You know, the Bible says God opposes the proud. It does not say God opposes pride. Although He does. But it's you that He opposes if you're prideful. It's you that is in debt. God is, does not owe you a thing. He gave you His Son on the cross and you still think He owes you something? Anything He gives you is incredible. But how do you know if you're in spiritual debt and you haven't settled your accounts? If you say, Jesus, take the wheel, but... If I have a busy week, I'm putting on the brakes. If you say, Jesus, take the wheel, but... If I just don't want to, then I don't have to. If you say, Jesus, take the wheel, but if I have to be spiritually mentored by that guy, mm -mm. no way. Jesus, you give me that wheel. You cannot drive. Get, get out of the seat. Open that door. Get out of here. We're stopping right now. Get out of here. Come back in a year or so. Come back when things are different, and then you could have the seat back. But until then, get out of here. And it's, and you know, we laugh about it, but it's a reality. Reality. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's a reality for so many of us. It's so easy for me to say the same thing. For me, it's money. We don't have any money, but it's easy to do that with the little bit that we have. It's so easy to be like, Jesus, it's just like, it's really hard right now. It's really hard. I'm just working. It's not a great job. We're leaving. Can we just like not give? 
you know? Or, you know, well, reaching out, I mean, we don't need to reach out every day. I mean, we don't need to reach out, you know, always cold contact. I can, like, warm contact people. <laughs> like, warm, warm contact them, like, once a month, maybe, you know? Whatever it is for you, you know, but how do you know if you're really settling those accounts is the key there. How, how, how do you overcome that Jesus take the wheel but mentality? Repent. That's exactly what repentance means. You know, the, the word repent, um, you know, is, is metanoia in the scriptures in the Greek. And what that means is mind change. A lot of you guys know that because, um, you know, Ed actually wrote a book on that, so that makes sense. But, um, you know, mind change, changing your mind about your life, about your spiritual self. Because so many of us, we can just be fixated into this, this is who I am spiritually. But the Bible says something differently. You guys need to repent, change your mind. And, the, and what it would have meant for them back then, if, if those Jews would have repented to Jesus, they would lose their family ties. They would have to admit that their whole family, they're not Christians, so they're not saved. It would mean that they'd have to change the purpose of their life totally. And so many of us can feel the same way, right? When I became a Christian, it was hard, man. I was like, man, this means a lot. And as time went on, as studying the Bible, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to give it all for God. And as we were like kind of learning more, and I was learning more about the Bible, I was like, oh, this is really serious. This is a serious matter. This is not what I, what, you know, I, I felt like I thought it was. But one thing that helped me understand was really what it meant to perish. You know, and what that word means, perish, we can hear perish, and that's not really a word we use anymore. Uh, and neither is upalumi, but that's actually the, the Greek word there. Um, but it means to destroy totally. To give over to eternally, eternal misery in hell. That's what that word means. It's not you're going to get hurt. It's you're going to die. It's you're going to be annihilated. You're going to be vanquished. Without mercy. Luke 15.4 when it says, Does he not go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Same word. Lost. Perish. Same word. And the, the best Example of this is in 2 Peter 3. It says, it says, Held in store for fire until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men, the Lord, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. That same word, perish there. And it's talking about God's judgment. It's talking about the fire. It's talking about serious matters that nobody likes to talk about. I don't like to talk about it. No one likes to talk about it. But it's the reality of things. And, you know, people tend to think of repentance today as, you know, it's just, well, it's just kind of coming to church. And although that is part of it, that's not the whole thing. Reading your Bible. I'm really repenting. I've read my Bible like three times this week. Oh, that's, that's great, but that doesn't necessarily mean you've repented. Building relationships with nice people, although that does happen, it's not repentance. Repentance is changing the way you think. It's turning from I have to do this stuff to I get to do this stuff. It's turning from I don't know if I want to be all in for God to I am all in for God. That is repentance. It's changing what's inside of you. And when you make that decision to say, I'm willing to go anywhere and do anything and give up everything for God, that's repentance. And then you won't have to check a bunch of boxes, read my Bible, reached out. Talk to this brother, got input here. Now, you might have to do that here and there, but it's going to flow naturally. 
And it might be tough sometimes, but you're going to have the Holy Spirit. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, this is just as controversial now as it was back then, you know. And, and even, you know, sometimes it's easy to focus on that perishing aspect and think, well, I, I just don't want to like to think about that. That's a very real thing, though. And when, when it comes to perishing, you, you know, the, Jesus talked a lot about hell. Sometimes we don't like to think about that, but that is the reality. A total destruction. And we think, well, where is God's grace in that? And I, I know so many people that are like, I just don't know if I can believe in God because, well, he just, how could a good God send people to hell? Well, he sent his son to the cross. That was hard. That was his own son. So, and if you look at the barren, the barren fig tree parable, I think that's the best illustration. He puts it there for a reason. He's saying, this, this tree, I've come back for three years and I've come and I've come here and I've come here and just nothing's there. You know, and and then the the other character says, sir, leave it this year also until I dig around and fertilize it. Perhaps it will bear fruit next year. But if not, you can cut it down. Fertilizing a fig tree wasn't super normal back then. But the point is, is that this character is doing every single thing he can to save that fig tree. Even though it's done absolutely nothing and it should be cut down. It should be thrown into the fire. But the character says, no, 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 just give it one more year. Please just give it one more year. Let me try to help it. And then if I can't help it, then absolutely. That's exactly what it needs to do. It needs to be cut down. That's what needs to happen. But I'm going to do everything I can here. But you know, that's what Jesus does for us. He gives us chance after chance after chance. And we just, we're just like, oh, I need a sign from God. Or I need to wait for a different point in my life. But if the cross is not enough for you to change your life and be totally committed to God, you are totally lost. You can guarantee that. Now, sometimes it's easy to slip into the mindset of God hates the sin, not the sinner. But the reality is that, first of all, that's not a scripture. But second of all, (laughs) God is very real about judgment. And he's also very real about reward. And it is an amazing thing to be rewarded by God. To have a life where you know that I am saved. Because I looked into the Bible. I was not scared to look at what the Bible says about salvation. I was not afraid to admit that I've never followed Jesus in my life. And I made that decision. And I was like, man, I need to do this. And I did it. But most people would consider Jesus' ministry a workspace church. Because he said that if you don't repent, you're not saved. Most people would consider Jesus a heretic. But how do you know if you're like these Jews? You know, if you stare at other sins and ask questions, but never even glance at your own, you've got to repent or you're going to perish. If you've been called out on pride or apathy for years and you've done nothing or maybe you've done a little bit, you've got to repent or you're going to perish. You know, if you've been discipled on the same thing multiple times, and people just time after time again, and you can almost count the years, you've been challenged on this or that, or you've realized just sin in your life has just added up and it's just not been getting better, you need to repent or you're going to perish. And it's a very serious matter. And it's easy to just forget that. But, you know, what, what I think about is what is our practical response to that? To realizing that repent or perish, it's a serious thing, but... What is, that, what is that practical response? You know, I think some of us, we need to ask, what do I need to repent of? Amen. And I don't mean internally. 
I mean, whoever, whoever brought you here, or you know, maybe you don't know them very well, amen, but you know, if someone's spiritually helping you out right now, you, your disciple, ask them, what do I need to repent of? What do you think I'm not seeing here? Questions like, what have I disagreed with you in the past on that you think, man, I still think that's an issue? Because heaven forbid you over-repent. <laughs> heaven forbid you work on something that wasn't really that big of an issue, but someone else made a big deal. And then, wow, now you're great. But we don't want that, because that would just be way too much for us. I mean, it's just crazy. Some of the, some of the things in my mind that I can play. The, the, the things like, well, I'm just tired right now. Or, well, I, okay, I totally believe that brother when he corrected me, but it's just not as big of a deal as he was presenting it as. My pride isn't that big of a deal. But <laughs> I don't know how you could... It, it's just, it's hard for me to fathom, especially for myself, times where I've went through those phases and think, if I died right then, where would I go? If I treat pride like it's no big deal, like it's not as big of a deal as everyone else, everyone else is making a big deal out of my life, why? It's not that big of a deal. I'm okay. You could be pretty positive that you are exactly like these Jews. I want to encourage you guys to repent. To, to have a repentant lifestyle. To, to, to believe that God can help you change your mind on things. Yeah. That you can see your life as and have a dream. That God can help you overcome whatever it is in your life that you're struggling with. You feel like, man, I just, I just don't know how to overcome this sexual temptation. God has given you the power to do so. And He's telling you to repent because you can. Or maybe you just argue a lot with everybody in your life. And you need to humble out. And maybe you struggle believing that, that you're going to be on the same page with the people that love you in your life. But you can repent and you can be that person. Amen? Amen. You can be that person that Jesus meant for you to be. Someone who repents, not someone who perishes. That's the whole point of 2 Peter 3. Is he's like, God doesn't want anyone to perish. That's why he sent Jesus. That's the whole purpose of Jesus. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save those who are perishing. And some of us today, if, if you're thinking, man, I don't know where I'm at spiritually. Don't bottle that up. Repent. Change your mindset. Take it very seriously. And believe that you can do what God wants you to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much.